0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church Podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. We started a series last week on the subject of worship, and the goal is not to just get information about worship. I mean, I love information. I love knowledge. I love learning about God and the things of God. But that's never the aim, just to get information. The aim is to take the information that we get and put it into application. Somebody say, information without application is useless. Information without application is useless. I love the information but at some point in time, I've got to apply it in my life. So as we talk about worship, like yes, I want us to get an understanding of worship, but I want us to become worshipers. If you want to know what my desire is for this church, it is that we would become a people that know how to praise, know how to worship, and know how to touch heaven. That's what I desire. I don't want just a gathering of people. If I just want to get around people, I'd go to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert like some of you guys did the other night. And that's wonderful. That's great. I mean, gather with people. Have fun. But when we come together, we are the body of Christ that are entering into a sacred place to where we can actually meet with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and worship him and praise him, which is why we were created. Did you know that? The primary reason for your existence on this earth is to bring glory and honor to God. You need to understand that. Your primary existence is to bring glory and honor to God. And it's not because God is this being seated on a throne that is commanding worship because he wants us to humble ourselves and bow down. If you think about worship that way, you're really coming at it from the wrong angle. It's not this being that is ruling over us, commanding this worship because he's got this ego that needs to be stroked. How many of you know God does not need anything? He's God all by himself. Whether somebody worships him or not, he is still God. What it really is, it is this exchange of his love and our love. When we come into his presence and we begin to worship him and honor him and lift him up, there is a beautiful exchange of where he knows my heart and I know his heart. It is the picture of John laying his head on the chest of Jesus. It is intimate. Somebody say it's intimate. It's a knowing him. So today, my task and my assignment is to walk through the difference between praise and worship and what they achieve in our life. Because how many of you know they will achieve something? Praise will take us to one place, and worship has the power to take us to a different place. They seem similar, but they are different. I met my wife, Ashley, in 10th grade English class. And while she was studying the language arts, I was getting a master's degree in the language of love. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But I remember what was really striking to me about this girl, what was different about this girl, as opposed to every other girl that I had ever met in my life, was when we went to lunch, she would change clothes. She would put on a completely different outfit just for lunch. I'm like, wow, what a girl. I mean, I know it's normal like to dress out for PE. You know, it's appropriate to change your clothes for PE because you're going to get hot and you're going to get sweaty. And then you can throw on something else to go to class. But this girl takes it to a whole new level. She changes clothes for lunch. What I did not know at the time that I now know is Ashley was not changing clothes for lunch, she has an identical twin sister. (laughs) And (laughs) at that time, they were very, very similar, and before I knew them, it was very hard for me to determine the difference between them. They were similar. Turn to the person next and say, they were very similar. But the more that I got to know Ashley and her twin sister, I began to see the differences. I began to see the difference of personality, the difference of likes. And although they were similar, they were also at the same time different. That's what I want us to get with praise and worship because sometimes we use the words interchangeably, but there is a difference. They are similar and they can be expressed similarly. I can raise my hands in praise, and I can also raise my hands in worship. I can sing a song in praise, but I can also sing a song in worship. They are very similar, and they work together, but they are different. Turn to the person next to you and say, they are different. And it is important for us to understand the difference, because if we do not understand the difference, we will stay in one realm and never shift into the next. There are a lot of Christians that have a prayer life, but they never take their prayer and shift it into praise. They know how to make requests and petitions from God, but they don't know how to bring the praise that brings the breakthrough for what you're praying for. Then there are people who know how to praise They're great at it, and they love the atmosphere of praise, but they never know how to take their praise and shift it into worship. And because we do not understand the difference between these things, we miss out on the benefit of them all. Turn to the person next to you and say, they're all important. They should all be done, and they should work together. So let's start here, praise. What I want you to understand about praise is this. Praise has to do with what God has done or is currently doing praise has to do with what God has done that's why you'll see scriptures like praise him for praise him for dot 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 fill in the blank whatever it is he has done we praise him for it it brings gratitude and thanksgiving for what he has done and what he is currently doing in my life that is praise. And what is so powerful about praise is this. The Bible teaches that God inhabits the praises of his people. So what happens is this. As I begin to release praise, God himself steps into the room. The omnipresent God that is everywhere at all times begins to manifest himself and he begins to do more of what we are already thanking him for. Are you getting that? He comes into the room and starts doing more of what we are thanking him for and praising him for. I'm reminded of the psalmist where he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And then he says, hey, forget not all his benefits. There's a lot of benefits to being a child of God. And the benefits fuel our praise. And the more aware of his benefits we become, the more grateful we begin to praise him and thank him. That thanksgiving brings us into the presence of God. And then in that presence, the Bible says, is the fullness of what? Joy. At his right hands are pleasures forevermore. Praise is powerful. When praise goes up, the old saying says that blessings come down, and that's what praise is about. It's an exciting place of being in his presence and experiencing more of his goodness and experiencing more of his benefits, right? So praise is an amazing place, but worship, although amazing itself, is not about what God does. It's not about getting into that place to where I'm just receiving something from God and experiencing the benefits. That's praise. Praise is what God has done or is doing. Worship is all about who God is. So I could tell you all about my wife. I could brag on her. I could tell you about all of her accomplishments. I could tell you how amazing she is and how hard she works and everything that she does for our family, and that's praise. I could tell you about the amazing vacations that she puts together and pays for. Hello, somebody. (laughs) Double the pleasure, double the fun. She doesn't only organize it, she pays for it. And it's amazing. And we could talk about how amazing she is. And and when she puts together that vacation and everybody goes and they're joyful and they're thankful, that's praise. But worship is when I draw her close to me and I say, I want you to know that you're beautiful. I want you to know how much I love you. I want you to know how much I need you. You are my desire. It's like the psalmist when he says, my, my, my soul longs for you. I'm, I'm like a deer, panting after water. That's how much I desire you. I desire you, God, like someone who is in severe thirst, and the only thing that can satisfy their thirst is you. Worship is very intimate. Like I said, it's the laying of the head on Jesus's chest. It is not so much what you are doing or saying, although that is a part of it. It's more so just, just connecting with him on a deeper level, expressing your heart. And here's what's beautiful about it, is as you begin to express your heart and tell him who he is to you, that you're my healer, you're my deliverer, God, you are the lover of my soul. As you begin to express yourself to him, God then says, watch this, I'm going to express myself to you. I'm going to show you more of who I am. And we get to know him on a deeper." level that is so so beautiful so praise it's what he's done worship is about who he is it's about knowing him turn the person next to you and say it's about knowing him now here's what you've got to understand you can pray without ever coming into his presence You can praise without entering into worship. But you cannot worship without first going through praise. That's how they work together. Praise brings me into his presence. But once I am there in his presence, enjoying his company, I move into that deeper level of worship and intimacy with the Father. So let's talk a little bit about praise. Let's, let's look at what is appropriate praise. What is praise biblically? Because how many of you know that we don't get to set the ground rules when it comes to the things of God? Sometimes we act that way. Sometimes we act just in like, you know what, I get to determine what praise is going to look like. Or I get to determine what worship is going to look like, not understanding that it's not about what we desire, it's about what God desires. And I want you to understand this, praise has nothing to do with personality. Because some people will be like, well, that's just not my personality. We'll get over it. Praise has nothing to do with your personality and everything to do with what God has done and how you appropriately, biblically, scripturally respond to him so Hebrews 13 verse 15 the writer says through him through Jesus let us continually somebody say continually so this is like a non stop thing this is a lifestyle thing this is not just a I come to church for 60 to 90 minutes during my week and this is when I do it this is a continuous thing He says, through Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. Let me pause right there. It's a sacrifice because many times it will go beyond how you feel in the current moment. As a matter of fact, the moments that I need his presence the most are the moments that I want to praise the least. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The moments in my life that I need God's presence the most are the times that my flesh will feel like praising him the least. When I need a strong deliverer, I don't feel like praising the strong deliverer. So it's a sacrifice. When I come into a place like this and the worship leader says, hey, raise your hands or lift your voice, and I don't feel like doing it in my flesh I've got to remember it's not a feeling thing it's a sacrifice thing and I'm going to do it because it honors God turn to the person next to you say it honors God do we understand as a church that this is not about you this is about him this is not this this life is not about you it is about him when we truly begin to experience the fullness of life and the goodness of life is when we recognize that and put our focus and our attention on him. Then he says, watch out, baby, here comes the benefits. (laughs) Did you know, like, someone who has a heart of praise and worship doesn't have to chase after God. God will find you because he wants to inhabit that praise. That's his dwelling place. And while I was thinking about it this week, like in heaven, I mean, there is nonstop praise and worship happening in heaven. There's an angelic host that are designed to stand around the throne room of God and night and day cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, creating this atmosphere of worship in the presence of God. That is their responsibility in heaven. But our responsibility is to produce that glory here on earth. And we are the only ones who can do it? When we talk about the whole earth being filled with his glory, that is something that we produce through our praise and worship. So he says, through Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Somebody say, it's the fruit of my lips. It's what I'm saying. It is what I am singing. It is what I am expressing. Praise is active. Praise is not passive. People say, well, I'm praising him in my heart. No, you're not. It may start in your heart, and your heart is a part of this thing because the gratefulness is there in your heart. But for it to become praise, it becomes expressed. If you are not expressing it, then you are not participating in praise, no matter what's going on around you. Did you know, like, you can come into a place like this, the band can crank up, and you can listen and watch Randy and the band sing praise and, un- and enjoy it, but until you open your mouth, it is not your praise. You are spectating, not participating. I find it funny, like, the, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series last year. Yes, they did. And they're going to do it again. Hallelujah. Amen. And, you know, everybody got excited about the Braves winning the World Series, and they should. Like, if you are a fan of baseball and a fan of the Atlanta Braves, when they do well, you should celebrate. Am I right or wrong? But it was funny to me, Randy. What was funny to me is hearing all the people say, we won. We won. We won, we are, we are the champions, my friends. And then like these these news anchors wearing their World Series rings. I'm thinking, you didn't win anything. You are the champion of nothing. You spectated. You watched the television. That's what you did. At most, you talked about what they were doing. Uh, Freddie Freeman just hit a, Home run. That doesn't deserve a ring. <laughs> are, are you following what I'm saying? So to think that you are participating in praise and worship just because you turn it on in the, in the car or you show up to church, you are not. Until it becomes, Denise, the fruit of your lips, it is not your praise. And that goes for me as well. Until it becomes the fruit of my lips or my expression of gratitude towards God, then it is not my praise and again it is not a personality thing at some point in time we have to get beyond what others may think about us because you are blocking the breakthrough that god wants to bring in your life because you are so held up with what will others think and the answer has to be i don't care Watch this, Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his where? Sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Are you seeing Praise him for. Praise him for. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and Dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding symbols, praise him with loud clashing symbols. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Turn the person next to you and say, Do you have breath? If the answer is yes, you should be praising the Lord. And the picture that we get here is not that if it's going to be praise, you've got to bring a tambourine. The, the picture here that we get is that, that praise is a party. Praise is a celebration. Praise gets loud. Praise gets excited. Sometimes <laughs> praise will make me want to jump even though my knees can't handle it. Sometimes <laughs> praise will make me want to dance even though I look stupid because God is so good in my life. He has pulled me out of darkness and into his marvelous light and I can't help. Oh church, I can't help but to praise the Lord and get excited. And I'm going to get more excited about Jesus than Freddie Freeman because Freddie Freeman left the Braves and went to the Dodgers. But also he cannot save my soul. We praise things in our life they have no benefit to our life. It's not that these things are wrong, but because we were created to worship and praise, we will find something to project our praise and worship to. And God says, you can't put anything or anyone else above me. So praise is a party Praise is a celebration. You know, some of us think that church should be quiet and reverent. We think that for it to be church, it has to follow a certain structure and guidelines. But biblically, our praise is a party. It's loud. It's a celebration. The reverence thing, that, yes, that's that's a part of our worship. But for us to come into church and just sit there and be quiet, we are missing the point of what the scripture desires from us as our praise to God. Some of you grew up in a way to where your parents were like, you brought, brought you to church, they're like, you sit down and shut up. So as an adult, you come in, sit down and shut up. <laughs> but that's not praise. And I, I, hate to, I hate to, like, rock you at the core, you know, because some of you have grown up with so much of this tradition, you know, and we think if somebody raises their hands, they're crazy. You know, we think if somebody were to jump up and start dancing, oh, they're crazy. I'm not realizing that's what the Bible is saying us do. But what's funny to me is we'll label someone crazy for doing something in church that we'll call them a fan for, doing it at a football game. That's how jacked up our minds are. That's how deceived we have become. So praise is expressive. Somebody say praise is expressive. Now remember, this isn't just for information. This isn't just so you can go home and be like, praise is for what he has done, and it is expressive. It's so that when we come together next week, you come in with a song on your lips, a dance in your step. Randy doesn't have to say raise your hands or clap your hands or do this or say that because you are already geared up because you're walking in your purpose of bringing him glory and honor. So, praise is expressive, but praise should bring us into worship. Worship. It's exciting to get in praise, and a lot of people enjoy that place of praise. It's exciting, praises go up, blessings come down, things start happening. But it's never intended for us to just stay there. The intention is that as God shows up and we are enjoying his presence, we propel ourselves into worship where it is that intimate time with God. Psalm 100, starting in verse 1, says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth serve the lord with gladness come into his presence with singing know that the lord he is god it is he who made us and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and bless his name so right here god is showing us how to come into his presence you want to come into my presence there has to be thanksgiving, and there has to be praise. And many people will settle for the courtroom. We enter the gates, thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise, and we want to hang out there. But God is desiring a people who go beyond the courtroom and step into the holy of holies, where there is that intimate worship and fellowship getting to know one another. Many times we want to hear from God. I want you to know hearing from God will come in that place of worship. Many times we desire a transformation, and I want you to know that transformation that we need will come in worship. That's why, like growing up in church, I've seen people dance and shout. I've seen them run I've seen them go crazy and do everything that the Bible describes as praise, yet leave the room the same as they came in. And it's because, Bob, they never took their praise and stepped it into worship. Because worship is where transformation happens. Turn the person next to you and say, worship is where transformation happens. We become like what we worship. And so the more time we spend in worship with God, the more like God we are going to become, the more the things that bog us down are going to start being chipped away from us because we see who he is and and that desire is produced to not just know him, but to love him. And so again, worship is where I'm telling God, you are beautiful. You are excellent. You are Mighty, and we, we share our desire and we, we share to him what we know about him. Praise is redeemed flesh crying out to God. But worship is his spirit touching our spirit and our spirit touching his spirit. It may be expressed through what you see us doing in the raising of the hands or the bowing or the whatever other position that we find ourselves in that moment. But it is, it is I, wish, I wish I could really help you see this the way I started seeing it this week, where his spirit and my spirit connect. That's why Jesus said, They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why? Because it is spirit calling out to spirit. Deep calling unto deep. Iron sharpening iron. Are you following this? So it's this place to where, yes, I come in and I'm singing and I'm I'm moving and I'm clapping and I'm, I'm grateful and I'm saying thank you, Jesus, which I have to do because without that, I can't come into his presence. But once I am there in his presence, my desire is then to come into the room where there is fellowship and a knowing and a communion and a loving. And sometimes that is just a place to where I'm not even necessarily singing. I'm just in awe of who God is. I want you to know this first before we move any further. Praise and worship, the way we have defined it in our tradition, is not necessarily what true praise and worship is. Some of us think that the fast songs are praise and the slow songs are worship. That's not true. A slow song can be praise. A fast song can be worship. It's really, it's the aim is the aim, where are we going with this? What are we trying to accomplish through this? Some people will say, well, we had amazing worship today, and if you ask them, what do you mean by that? It means, basically, Randy played all the songs that I like. (laughs) And true worship and praise has nothing to do with whether or not you like the style of music. But we equate it to that. Oh, I got a goosebump. Spirit move. No, Randy hit a good note and it touched you in your flesh. (laughs) Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, we had amazing worship today. Well, how how do you know? Because we went on for four hours. See, we put a time limit to praise and worship. Did you know nowhere through Scripture is there a time frame for praise and worship? It's not about the amount of time. It's about the quality of the experience. But the more I do it, and the more I get involved with it, the more I'm going to long for it and desire it. So yes, you may see where things carry on a little bit longer than it would normally. Not because we're trying to make it something that it's not. It's just that now we've entered that place to where we don't want to walk away from it. And you have to be careful when it comes to church understanding that it is the Spirit of God who is leading what we do. You've got to find where He is and what He's doing and you can't walk away from it. Musicians on the stage, hear what I'm saying. You've gotta find where God is in the moment and what he's doing and you can't move ahead of him. Sometimes God will start moving in the midst of a song and that song needs to continue and you may never sing another song that night. But you found the place where God is moving, where he is finding pleasure from you and you've got to learn how to stay there and not jump ahead you've got to be very sensitive to what God is doing. So it's not a time frame. It's not all these things that we have labeled it as. It is truly in its simplest form a connection of spirit to spirit. Him pouring out his love on us. Us responding by pouring out our love towards him. And then that's when transformation happens. I was reading this week in the book of Isaiah where He has this phenomenal experience where he's brought up into the heavenly realm and he sees the angelic host and they're crying out, holy, 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 holy. And as they do that, the glory of the Lord fills the place. And when the glory of the Lord filled the place, Isaiah responded by saying, whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips. What happened? He recognized his weakness in the presence of greatness, and he desired for transformation. Are you seeing that? You know, a lot of times we say, we want revival, man. We want revival, and we think revival is an event. Revival is not an event. Revival is an atmosphere produced through our praise and worship, and if we'll get that atmosphere right, then when people come in, you don't have to tell them anything about themselves. They'll come in and go, whoa, this God is so great, and I am undone in his presence, and I realize there's some things that need to shift. There's some things that need to change. I'm wanting that as a church. I'm wanting such a presence of the living God in this place to where people come in, and we don't even have to lay hands on them. They receive healing because they're in the presence of God. I love, I love Solomon where they, they, they build the temple, and then they begin to offer up their sacrifices, which is worship and praise. And they're singing, they're dancing, they're celebrating. And in the midst of it, God says, now I'm showing up. And when the glory filled the temple, the people fell to their face. The presence of God was so thick in the room that they weren't even able to carry on and minister unto God the Lord. Debbie, that's what I desire. Not, not, I'm not going to worship that because sometimes we can, make our, we can make our worship about worshiping worship and not God. So I'm not worshiping a certain kind of move or a certain kind of display. No, 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 no. I'm worshiping God and however he desires to move in that moment, I'm good with that. But I just really do desire that, that more that I know is there where the people of God come together and experience God in a way that we never have. If you want that the way I want that, it starts with us becoming a people of praise, a people of worship, going beyond our desires and saying, it's not about me. Justin, it's not about me. It's about him. What can I do? How can I please him? Because that is my goal. And when you do that, that's when the benefits start happening. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because when God shows up, things begin to happen. Would you stand with me?